0: I'm telling you, that's where we are, American Christians. They're taking risks just being a Christian in other nations. Okay? But do you understand that you're going to stand before Almighty God? It's called the judgment seat. Judgment seat of Christ. And you're going to give account for everything you did. You are. And we're going to expect God to oh my God. I've been waiting for you for a long time, and all you did was hold on to that beam. So what we're going to talk about this morning is right in line with that. Not sure what to call it. Maybe we'll just call it fruit, because God expects fruit. Matthew seven thirteen. <clears throat> now remember, you are to be servants of the most high king. Servants servants all of us would like to have servants i mean that's just the way we are i often said you know uh, ruth and i's type of camping is getting a suite at the uh, hotel in columbus picking up the phone would be about the biggest thing i want to do and say two burgers please and have them that's our way of camping out we want service and now the lord has bought you when no one wanted you, has redeemed you when everybody thought you were worthless, and then he calls you uh, his own, and you call him Lord and, and, thank you, Master, right? And the servant usually goes, what, yes, Master. And somewhere along the way, we lose that. We lose that part when God speaks to you and asks you to do something. Now, don't think it's me trying to get you to do something. Now, I'm just going to tell you what God says in the Word of God. Okay? Because we don't like to receive instructions from nobody, not even God. We don't like to be told what to do. So God says this right off the bat. Here's how you're going to enter. You're going to enter in the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way which leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is, that is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life. And few there be that find it. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly they are ravening wolves. They don't look like it on the outside. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns and figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. This almost sounds like kindergarten reading. You're like, it's a waste of time. Oh, I know what you're saying. No, we don't. We don't know what we're saying. We don't get this. We shrug it off unto those people. But this here, this fruit, God is not expecting fruit from the lost. They're lost. He's expecting fruit from those who proclaim to be Christians, now abiding in the vine, which Christ is the vine. And he goes on, and says, Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down, cast into the fire. And he goes, Wherefore by their fruits You shall know them. He's talking about you and I, branches. Fruit, that which originates or comes from something. It's an effect. You have an effect. If you're saying you are this, there should be an effect that proves that you are that. A result. There should be also a a result or an act or a deed that should be going on in your life that proclaims and testifies that you are a branch abiding in the vine, having fruit. <coughs> not perfect, but having fruit. And it proves that you are abiding. John 15, 1 says, I am the true vine. This is Jesus talking. And my Father is the husbandman. He's the one that does the inspecting and comes along and says, no, this vine's not doing too good. This branch, rather, is not doing too swell. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he gets rid of. God gets rid of it. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. God's going, good, Lenny. Good job. You brought me a quarter of a bushel this year. Now I want a bushel out of you next year. And so he goes through the process of getting a bushel out of Lenny. And it's called purging. Okay? Well, the definition of purging means to prune trees and vines from useless shoots. Useless. Suckers, I think they're called. There are things that are sucking what God wants you to do in your life out of you. Useless shoots that you're doing with your life that produce nothing that God wants done in your life. That He owns you. And you can't say, but I want to have a crop of this. And if God says, I haven't called you to have a crop of that. I want you to have a crop of this. And so that which you do is useless. It's a sucker sucking the life out of you. Even if it's not bad. But, if it's not what God wants you to do, then it is bad. I mean, we have our bad things, right? Cussing, smoking, swearing, gambling, running around, all that junk. Well, there are tons of things. So God is saying, hey, I will purge. Can you imagine if you purge yourself? You would just go, ow! And there, you're ready for whole more fruit. and You just got to let God come and do His thing in your life. In order for you. Now, this is, this is not an option. It really isn't. When we get through with this... Uh, actually we were praying last night that your knees would be knocking together that the fear of god would come on you that you would see this in light of this is his word his word <clears throat> and he goes on uh, john 15:8 herein is my father glorified meaning herein is how my god gets praise herein is how my god is magnified Herein is how my God is honored. Now, we can read the rest of the Scripture. That you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. There are promises and conditions, like them or not. They're all through the Word of God. God says, when you bear godly fruit, you will glorify, your life praises and magnifies and honors my Father. This is how he receives glory and honor through a dead, deceased, dying world. <coughs> through the fruit that is on you. Can you imagine how awesome if you looked at an area where some storm has come through and everything has toppled over and then uh, a few months later everything is dead and all the greenery is gone yet there is one strong Producing tree, it would green and lush in the midst of a gray, horrible landscape of destruction. And that would be you. And they would come to you and say, how on earth? And then your life glorifies him who is able to give you alive and sustain your life in the midst of destruction. Therein is my father glorified through you as you bear fruit. By the way, He does the inspecting, not you. There's a big key here. <clears throat> so, John 15:4. then He goes, Abide in Me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except you abide in Me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in Me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, For without me, you can do nothing. And we got on that last week a little bit, that we don't believe that we can do nothing. But this is what God says. The Word of God says. And so when I look in the mirror, I have to say, understand, without God, pal, you can do nothing. Nothing. In fact, I'm looking at the Lord's yard right now. And I'm wondering, Lord, as I look at Your branches... You can tell branches that have fruit and lush with leaves and others that are just there. And if these trees had branches like that in your yard, if you had the ability to climb and get them, or you'll make a phone call and you'll pay for someone to come and prune those dead, unsightly, ugly things off your tree. But you don't expect God to touch, but He will. And He does. And He does. And... He is, by the way. Verse 6 says, If a man abide not in Me, he is cast forth as a branch. Meaning, he is thrown forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. Burned. All our trees right now look kind of nasty. And I don't have the ability to tell which one is going to produce fruit at the moment. But all i got to do is do this. And I can tell which ones have been cast forth and thrown down and cannot bear fruit because they no longer abide in the vine or the tree. Simple. I mean, it is. It's just simple. John fifteen sixteen says, You have not chosen me. Do you understand that? You're not. You're not God, you are so blessed because I've decided, No, he, he, you haven't chosen God. You haven't. You have not chosen Me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. You are ordained for something. That means to be uh, established for something. That means to be appointed for something. I have chosen you for this job. I'm appointing you to do something. And the Scripture tells us the rest. What He's appointing you to do. He says, I have ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. And get this. That your fruit should remain. Not a two-week wonder. Look at me. And then you're back into the world. But that your fruit should remain and last. That whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name, He may give it to you. It's a command from God, not an option. To go and bring forth fruit. And if you're like not a risky type, I'm not into it, you're just going to hug that balanced bean and then you want to die in your sleep and life comes and you go, Here I am, God! How's the judge going to judge you? <clears throat> the purpose of the branch is to bear fruit. Every one of you fruit tree lovers know this. Everyone. A bunch of deer at a certain time of the year, I don't know, they don't pay a whole lot of attention. Late fall, maybe, I don't know, early fall, it would be somewhere around there, who knows. Jennifer has these pear trees in her yard, and they, I mean, they produce great pears. And she has these deer that come there all the time at this certain time, because they know that these trees are great for food and sustaining life to them as they prepare for the cold winter coming. So they come there every every year. You can bank on it. I don't have any in my yard. I can go out there and go, here, dairy, 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 here, dairy. I, can, I have no, none, zip. None of them visit me. Why is that? It's not fair. I have no fruit-bearing trees in my yard. There's no reason for them to come to my yard. There's nothing drawing them to me. Nothing at all. Those fruit, those pears draw them to Jennifer's yard, just like good luscious fruit. Spiritual fruit will draw them out of the woods and come and they will partake from the fruit that God gives you. So God commands you have fruit it's a command from God. Fruit bearing is impossible without abiding. It's impossible without abiding. And it is the, it is expected while abiding. I mean you could be abiding the, the leaves come the sap or whatever starts to grow, you're pulling nourishment. This is a great year 2010. Whether you're through lots of storms, lightning and cracking, you're lit, you're still there, the leaves are still there, the buds come, the flowers come. Look so promising. And then you get off track. You do nothing for God. And it's another wasted year, a wasted opportunity. You must abide Impossible to have fruit without abiding. And as you abide, it is expected. It's expected from God. He doesn't pass you up because you're cute, because you had a rough year, because you're loaded with money. It comes expecting fruit. Quality and quantity might be different, but fruit is inevitable. I don't know. To a young Christian, he might all of a sudden pop and got one apple, and God goes, "Praise God to my name!" I said, "Praise my name! You're wonderful. This is awesome." If God comes to me. who have been planted in His vineyard for 36 years, and I go, "Pop!" And God's going to go, "You got about three more weeks. And you're going to get it together." The axe is laid at your root. Oh yeah, I got scripture for that. So, there are three little views we're going to look at concerning some of these scriptures to just show you that this really isn't a laughing matter and it isn't whether you want to or not. It just isn't. God expects it. First, cast out branches. I got them all through my backyard already. In fact, I looked at them yesterday and thought, should I? Now, if I go out there and start gathering them, I'm not going to be going out there with duct tape and glue and trying to put them back into the. It's too late. It's too late. It's impossible for me to do anything. So all I do now is either get the little Miladovich dudes or myself, and I grab the branches, and I throw them in this big pile for at the right time. What am I going to do? I don't know. They could be screaming, we'll try harder next year. No, give me another. It's too late. You've been cast out. You've been thrown down. You have been given time, and you've come up fruitless again. he spake a parable. Luke 13. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, God's vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and found none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it, the ground? Cumbereth it means, why should it take up space? Why should it be using up my fertile ground and doing nothing? See, God's the greatest investor there is. He invested in his son's precious blood. He's expecting fruit. And he comes and looks at you and goes, what? No fruit again? Why are you taking up space in my vineyard? Take heed to this. <clears throat> and he answered saying unto him, Lord, please just let it alone this year. This is a type of intercession maybe from a pastor. Till I shall dig about it and dung it, fertilize it, tend to give it special care. And if it bear fruit, well, and if not, then after that, thou shalt cut it down. He's talking about his vineyard. He's not talking about the lost. He's not looking for any fruit other than forgiveness. Repentance from them. Here is where he's expecting his harvest. Here is where he's expecting his Father to be glorified and honored and magnified. How? How? Through you, through your life, through your fruit. Matthew 3.10 says, And now also the axe is laid unto the root of the trees. Therefore every tree which bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down, cut down, and cast into the fire. So the axe is laid at some of us, even today. It is. This is not a brand new message. This is not spit-shine, spanking brand new. You've known this. You've seen those scriptures there before. Secondly, another idea here, there are counterfeit Christians right here. There always are. There always are. Counterfeit Christians. They're never really abiding in Christ, and they're going to go to hell. They are. There is a hell. Right? <laughs> there is. There is. They look like they have fruit, but the, the best example is go to Cracker Barrel for your daily Sunday chicken fix today. And, and if they have their fake cherry pies out there and fake apple pies and fake rolls and stuff, it looks... I mean, originally when it first came out, you're like, geez, how do they do that? But you know, it's fake. Uh, we were watching uh, HGTV the other day and they had this... Home being transformed, and I showed you, uh, and ooh, and ooh. And the ooh picture that at the table with these luscious green apples all over, just piled up. And at the end, the guy picked up the apple and says, no, these are just props. Don't eat these. But they looked great. They're counterfeit. They're useless. They bring no nourishment to the world at all. We have them all through the Lord's house. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto a man which soweth good seed in his field. But while men slept, the, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared appeared the tares also. So the servants of the household holder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in this field? From whence then has it tears? And he said unto me, The enemy has done this. The enemy puts them in here. God does it. We'll reveal it, but the enemy puts them here. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? God, you want me to gather them up? I think you're showing me who they are. But God tells me, No, no, no. He said, No. Least while you gather up the tares, you will root up also the wheat with them. Listen to what he says. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say to the reapers, gather ye together first the tares. Bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now, I can't help it. I've lived out in Ohio for a long time, but I just got city roots. I don't even know if I could drive by a field and know what wheat is, straw, hay, I don't know. I have no clue. But all I know is apparently they look alike. Wheat and tares growing up. You don't know who's true, who's false, who's real, who's not. We have ideas, we think, "Mm, I don't know. But God knows. He really knows. Then there comes a time where they're supposed to have fruit. Then I can go, ah. So they're all over the place. God says, let them both grow. He says, I have a plan. Jesus explains that the church will have tares. We do. The cool thing is if you are a terror, terrorist, you have the opportunity to get right with God and become wheat. It's absolutely amazing that even in a service like this, that you know because the Spirit of God be going, you're a phony, you're a fake, and you know it. You're like that fake apple on that table. And you can harden your neck or you can run down and get right with God. And it isn't the job of the church or the pastor to weed it. Because God says, He'll take care of it. I will do this. At the end of age, I will take care of all this. They appear identical. They have suits and ties, they have Bibles. They have nice dresses. They sing. They can raise their arms. They're right here in the field. Thirdly, also the branches that are cast out are fruitless Christians who live wasted lives. I don't know how to get this point across if the Spirit of God doesn't do it. because Michael comes back from Africa. He'll be just like all you other African guys that went over in 'o four, but you've been back long enough to be back into the groove of... He'll come back appalled, unbelievable, stunned, embarrassed, and ashamed and because of what he'll see over there. Sweeping their dirt floors. <clears throat> is it possible for a Christian to waste their life? I, I believe it is with all my heart. I really do. Genesis thirteen twelve says, Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the cities of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. Okay, Abraham, father of faith, great man of God, Lot, his nephew was with him, saw him build altars and dig wells and seek God and walked around with him. It says, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. It's just like you and I. Whether you're a child and you are walking with your parents and when you get to a certain age where you think you're an adult, next thing you do is you pitch your tent towards Sodom. Or just you. You're an adult already. And you're going along trying to serve God. Next thing you know, remember, without God you can do nothing. So you make some type of decision. And you see those well-watered well lands of the next job or the next state you want to live in or the next boyfriend or the next whatever. And you think, yeah. And you don't even know you're pitching your tent towards Sodom. Two Peter two says, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, he condemned them with an overthrowing, with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live that live ungodly. This is an example for you and I. And delivered just Lot, vexed with filthy conversation of the wicked, for the righteous man dwelleth among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. That's why God says "Don't you, you can't be hooked together with the non-believer. You vex your soul. That's why hopefully still, no matter you're at on the job, you can't control everybody's mouth. But when they're dropping all these horrible cuss words and saying, Jesus Christ is a snake, it should just drive you crazy. It should just bug you. Problem is some of us go to the movies now and say, man, it's fine. It's cool. It's a good movie to go see. In about ten minutes you leave. You think, how? Because we we get used to things that you before would have said, I will never do this. And that's what happened to Lot. Isaiah says this, Therefore will I number you to the sword, and you shall all bow down to the slaughter. Because when I called, you did not answer. And when I spake, you did not hear. But did evil before my eyes, and did choose that wherein I delighted not. God's calling to a lot of us, if not all of us, saying, I don't like this. I want you to do this. I want you to go there. I want you to produce this. I want you to cut that off. You know what? It's going to be a scary thing, that judgment seat of Christ. It's going to be a frightening thing. And you're not going to be able to run to me for help or aid because I'm going to be shaking and trembling. Before Him who mountains melt like wax. Mountains that they show that men try to scale, these big cliffs, these unbelievable. They're going to just lose it and shake and melt before God. And you and I are going to have to stand before Him. 2 Timothy 2 tells us, In meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. We oppose ourselves. When we won't simply obey to the Word of God. God said, you must have fruit. You cannot do this. Mm, mm." You can live a life like that. You can. He'll let you because that's what you chose. But then when you go, He's going to go, what? Who are you? Please hear these words. People die in this church. You have anybody, you know, died in this church? People die that come to this church. And you're going to do that. <sighs> so Matthew says, Bring forth, therefore, fruits, meat for repentance. And that word meat means of value, of worth. Not like, yeah, okay, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'll come. You know that's valueless. So when you come, you know, you say, oh, God, if you help, bring something of value to God. Worth God. Bring forth something valuable to me, he says. Real fruitfulness is only determined over an extended Period of time. Can sometimes as Christians we go through droughts, disease. Over extended period of time. Genuine, listen to this. Genuine conversion is not measured by a hasty decision this morning. It's not. It's good, but it's not. But it's the long range. Walk the long range of bearing fruit, not just today. Hey Lord, I'm sorry, and nothing seems to happen no great nothing, no fruit, to turn around, no heartbrokenness, no conviction, no oh man, God, no desire to come to the house of God, no desire to worship and lift up hands, and honor Him, bring Him praise. No respect for the word of God. You're not going to get off that balance me, and go and expect the judge to say, that's a 10. Well done, my good and faithful. The American concept of Christianity seems to be staying saved. And you will get that report when you walk to heaven. Well done, Bruce. You stayed safe. At all heaven, get up. No. The gospel of the Lord demands results, demands it. Your God does. Hey, I have given you ten talents. What'd you do for me? I have given you five talents. What'd you do for me? I have given you one. What'd you do for me? Give account what you did. Your God demands. He bought you. He owns you. You're His. He expects results. So God then says, so let your life so shine. Let him shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. See, God's going to do an unbelievable work in you. I'll use myself, which is a piece of junk. And He does this fantastic work. He starts to turn me around, make me upright, and have integrity, it keeps me shining and buffed. And how in the heck did you? It's just God. That glorifies God. He took you, a piece of garbage, a piece of junk. Yes, He did. Yes, He did. He's sustaining me. He's keeping me. You understand? I can't without God. I can't do nothing. God just my walk. Okay, God. Because you see, without, and I don't ever go, okay, okay, I got this. I can't. I can't. God, keep going. You're just doing wonderful. 35 years, you're great. Let me try, God. Okay, God, I get it. I understand. Sorry, without you, I can't do a lick. Luke thirteen nine says, And if you bear fruit, well. God could be going pff, 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 with his axe laid at the root, and all of a sudden he'll see a fruit and he'll say, Well, put the axe up. But if you not, he's going to cut you down if you do not. I have a quote here by Corey ten Boone. It's outstanding. Run across some stuff for her, and I Facebooked it. Anybody see it on Facebook? Just a bunch of so much more. But look what she says. Who knows who Corey Ten Boom is? It's a shame that you don't. The world is deadly ill. She's in heaven now. It is dying. The great physician has already signed the death certificate. Who's the great physician? The Lord. Yes. Yet, there is still a great work for Christians to do. Look what you are. They are to be streams of living water, channels of mercy to those who are still in the world. It is possible for them to do this because they are overcomers. Your neighborhood is like a desert parched with dead people all over the place. Next time you see Haiti and you see all them bodies stacked up, which is horrible scene, the stench of death, that's what it is in Muskingum County. They're just walking around. It's the same thing. And you can be that water. That goes through. How God takes you through life and the people. And some can see it and go <laughs> and become alive by your life and by your fruit. You see, that's a heavy responsibility. Your job is to glorify God through your life. And Corey Tim Boone's little quote is absolutely awesome. Cory Tin Boone was thrown in a concentration camp for years because she tried to help Jews during World War II. Cory Tin Boone had a little Bible wrapped around her neck, under her sack of a shirt, and they would search and they would never find it because that was their only sustaining little pieces of paper of Scripture. And those that she put to memory. Her and her sister was in there. And they prayed that the Lord would heal her sister and raise her up. And she died the next day. You understand, your life is to glorify God. If God is going to get glory from you dying in a Nazi concentration camp. That's the way it is. It's not, this is unfair. That's the way it is. He is Lord and Master. Let's stand. Look, you got a great opportunity. <clears throat> You ever been somewhere? I don't know, Walmart, some store or something, and they just come on the speaker or something, or you don't even know it, and you walk in, they're having this unbelievable sale. You're at Kohl's, and that that uh is it cashmere sweater you've been looking at, that's $79 all of a sudden. You go in there and think, Oh, it's nine ninety nine. This is a wonderful opportunity. Well, how does that compare to right now where you had the opportunity to sit under the Word of God because I always show you the Scriptures up there and you can mull over in your heart right now and in your spirit and think, "Woo, God, am I a tear? Now, the first hint, first hint is please don't trust yourself. You don't have to ask the neighbor either. If you just feel... Ooh, then just come down. Just come down and bring something of worth to God with sincerity. Even if you hardly know a lick about the Word of God, that's all God. sincerity. And say, Please, God, I want my life to glorify you. And if you know of a habit or habits or things that are saying, God, please, please help me clean up my mouth. Please. It's beyond me, God. I can't. Please. Whatever. The main one is, is bring Him the fruit of repentance. If you're not even walking with God, come down here and say, God, here's my life. Here it is. One big dead tree. One big dead limb. Lifeless. No life. Bring it. Bring it to Him. Because He is what? He's the resurrection and the life. All God has got to do to you dead, dried branches is say this to you. Live. Live and you will live. As Rod again sings a song, our altars are open.